9,000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. I mean, I'm definitely seeing the, the change in the, in the energy. You know, last year was definitely a, a rebuilding period for OU. You know, they were going through a lot of changes and trying to adjust to a lot of different things. But this year, I definitely think that, you know, things have clicked. And they're definitely, they've definitely built a lot of momentum just from people, you know, seeing the season they had last year and thinking, you know, maybe OU isn't all that. And then they took that and turned it into something else. And now they doing what they did for the past three weeks. You know, every game that they played, they've had, had good defense. They've run good plays. They've executed their routes well. And I haven't seen anything I didn't like. Danny Okoye, Saturday Night Live with Travis and I after the OU Tulsa game. He hasn't seen anything from the OU defense he hasn't liked up to this point. Well, we'll see if he has uh, liked it enough to pick OU coming up in about 90 minutes there from Core Society and Bixby where Travis is hanging out. It'll be either OU, Texas, or Tennessee, and he wasn't lying. The SEC was a big draw to his recruitment. Uh, he will be playing SEC football. Um, OU, Texas, or Tennessee, he will never play a down in the Big 12. He will be an SEC football player. So he definitely uh, was being truthful on uh, on that side of things to us on Saturday night, Travis. Yeah, and if something's important to you like that, then yeah, absolutely say it. And, and, and I think that's one thing that Danny has been throughout this process, at least with us, Tyler, on air, is very honest. Extremely honest. I mean, and it's been refreshing, you know, like – a lot of recruits, and, and, and I don't want to, again, I'm, I'm not singling anybody out, and anybody can handle questions whatever they, way they want. Every person is different. But, like, to sit there and say, you know, I was kind of turned off, you know, and, you know, you know, OE wasn't on the radar and all that kind of stuff, and really walk us through that process uh, and then have specific reasoning why that changed and then why it continues to be bolstered. Uh, in the meantime, it's just it's been really refreshing to deal with that. And, uh, yeah, I just appreciate his honesty. And for what it's worth, uh, every crystal ball, future cast, every prediction that I've seen, and this has been the case for about two weeks now, um, all of those favor OU. So if you uh, really put stock in Wilt Fong's predictions or some other local national recruiting analyst, well, they're all uh, predicting Danny Okoye to pick OU coming up uh, later on tonight. And, and, and for people that don't know, I think most probably do, let's just run down the timeline for Danny Okoye one more time and what it's looked like over the course of the past seven, eight months or so. From an Oklahoma State family, so OSU initially had a nice little advantage with his um, in his recruitment, but OSU doesn't end, end up making the top ten. Danny was very turned off uh, with the level of defense that OU was playing last year. And then around, what, April, May, uh, he changes his mind a little bit about OU. He starts doing more research into what this program has accomplished, what this staff has accomplished. Uh, He talked to other recruits that were committed. He talked to other journalists uh, about things. And he did his own research into the program. And after doing... The research that he told us, Travis, took weeks. After he did his research, he said, you know what, I'm going to give OU a chance here. And he reached out to Miguel Chavis, took that, uh, took that visit in mid-May, and ever since then, OU has been um, a big player in his recruitment. And it feels like everything really, really flipped even more so for OU when he took that official visit 
to Arkansas State a couple of weekends ago. So if I've got anything wrong about that timeline, you could add anything, but really in, in May is where it really flipped OU's way after he did his own research. Yeah, I think uh, I think you've 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 hit it on the head, Tyler. And I, I think I think when you know when he's looking at the defense, I think he looks at a guy like PJ Adabare, right? I mean, that's a guy that yes, five star, physical freak, everything like that. But for those of you that haven't seen Danny, that's that boy's freaky too. And I think he looks at a guy like PJ who, when he gets in, Chavis and Bates just let him go get the quarterback, you know, and just like turn him loose. Where it's, where it's a situation where, hey, look, we want to be able to use your physical, you know, talents and use them as quickly as you're ready to use them. But I don't think that specific kind of, you know, that, that just pin your ears back and go get them mentality. Like, I don't think, I don't think PJ Adabari understands the defense at a level that Danny Stutzman does. And I think, and I think that's fine. And I think that's maybe what Danny Okoye sees is like, look, this guy came in as a true freshman. And he's out there playing snaps. Like, they're not afraid to play freshmen. So I think that was refreshing. I think he sees a lot of himself uh, in a guy like P.J. So, yeah, uh, Miguel Chavis, man, what a job. Again, Instagram Live is where you can find that announcement live at 630 tonight. Um, real quick, I want to I pivot to this because I, I just saw this on, on uh, social media. I guess Mike Gundy's radio show Monday night, I'm just now seeing this oh. quote. Quotes talking about South Alabama. They don't deal with NIL and stuff. The guys that go there go to play football. They're not going to have those capabilities. It's a little different there. You go there, you go there to play football, and when you watch them, that's the way that they play. So there's been a lot of questions about uh, Mike Gundy's willingness to adapt to what college football currently is with NIL and everything else, and Man, his comments since that, since that loss does not make you feel any better about his approach to things. Yeah, well, sounds uh, like he really you're... wants to go coach at South Alabama because they Did don't have any uh, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you like it over there so much, I'm sure they'd take you. Um, I don't know, maybe not at this point, but that's the thing. It's. Did you see uh, old Brock Martin had something to say about it? Yeah, um, I, I read that about an hour ago. Basically, yeah, Brock uh, says, "Yeah, you, I've got you, it right you here. Need it. Oh, yeah, go ahead, read it word for word." Brock says in a tweet, "NIL does not equal wins. NIL gives us a better chance against the blue blood programs in recruiting. The rich will get richer, and we will get left behind if people don't start stepping up to the plate. If this doesn't make sense to you, feel free to message me." And Tyler, when I read that, I don't think the audience is OSU donors. I really don't. I think the audience is a probably a head coach who, at every opportunity, has belittled NIL, yep. the transfer portal, and the current state of college. People are frustrated, every, man. People are frustrated after that loss, and the message has just been, well, I, you know, it's pretty good at South Alabama, man. They don't have to deal with all that NIL and crap down there. That's why you're seeing them play so well. It's just... It's it's very much sounds like a guy that hates the current state of college football. And again, I'm not saying that you have to love where college football is or where it's headed. I don't love everything that's happening with the sport right now. But I'm also not being paid $7.5 million to adapt to it, right? And regardless if you love it or you hate it or how you feel about it, if you're paid $7.5 million, you better figure out every which way possible to put the most competitive team on the field. And I get OSU fans that are upset with him right now because it doesn't look like he's done everything possible to put the most competitive team on the field. Yeah, I mean, Mike Gundy, don't get it twisted. 
Mike Gundy is the best coach OSU has ever had, at least the most successful coach OSU has ever had. I know that, you know, Les Miles has a national championship ring on his hand, but when 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 the dust settles, you know, like Mike Gundy is is the best coach OSU's ever had. And I don't think I don't think it's taking that away from him to say that in the current state of college football, he's 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 let it he's let college football pass by him, and he's as it passed by him, he shouted from the curb as it drove by because that's what every press conference of his has been for the last couple of years now is his state of the union on on college football, and it's it's sad because he's had a an incredible career at Oklahoma State. Like I said, he's been the he's been the model of consistency, of consistent winning. I mean, over the like I said, over the last ten years, it's not Texas, it's not TCU, it's not Kansas State that has the second most wins in the Big Twelve. No, it's Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy. So it, I think that's what probably frustrates OSU fans more than anything is this is a guy who has brought you to the to the doorsteps of the heights of the program, the highest the program has ever flown. And now that same guy just doesn't seem like he's yeah. willing to take you there again. And it's only week th- – well, we're going to week four, man. Like it, it really feels like rock bottom for them, losing to South Alabama 33-7. But we've we still got a lot of football left to play, and there's still a lot of opportunities for them to have some bad losses, including this weekend at Iowa State. That would be a very, very bad loss. Um, they still got to play Kansas State and KU and back-to-back weeks after the Iowa State game. I mean, it looks bad right now. The point is it could get way, way worse for Oklahoma State. And I know OSU fans are going to be geared up for that Bedlam game, the last Bedlam game for a while, and they get OU in their house. But I think we feel pretty good about where OU's at right now. Again, a long way to go for OU. We'll see how good they really are. But it feels like OU's a lot better than what they were a year ago, and if, if OU is the level that we think they might be and OSU continues to, you know, things continue to go south, I don't, I, I don't think it's going to hurt Brent Venable's feelings if they run up a high score in Stillwater, you know, and that's definitely not going to sit well with the OSU fan base for their last opportunity at Bedlam in, in maybe several years. Well, and, and Tyler, we've seen a trend, right? We've seen a trend with guys like Trace Ford and Kelly Maxwell, and you're, you're starting to see it more and more. I think there's four now. OSU players that have ended up in Norman, now that that stigma has gone away, and you've got, I think one of their soccer players, one of their women's soccer players, was visiting her brother at OU and was wearing crimson. And OSU fans screamed loyal and true as they drug her and her family all over social media. Guys, like, this could get way worse. You You can be sitting in your corner, you know, sucking your thumb, crying, and, and murmuring loyal and true, loyal and true, while all your best athletes come to Oklahoma because you treat them like crap and you don't take NIL seriously. Brooks says, when was the last time Bedlam was a shutout? Because I'd be happy with that. That was 2009 in Norman was the uh, last shutout in Bedlam. Uh, 580, last Bedlam in Stoolwater score, 69 nothing. I thought after the first quarter last year it was going to be 69 nothing. It ended yeah. up being what twenty eight thirteen twenty seven thirteen, but it was it was headed for sixty nine nothing a year ago. Yeah, they pulled the e brake on the offense last year. UConn Bob says looks like Gundy is about to retire to be a turtle farmer. No nil there. Uh, Blue of the nine one eight says if Gundy doesn't like nil, 
you could take him out of the running for the A&M job when Jimbo gets fired? Yeah, if Mike, a decade ago, he interviewed with, with Tennessee, right? I mean, he went there and, and juiced up that contract that he got from OSU. His actions he's, aren't putting him in a well great paid. spot for another job if he's looking to have another head coach. I, and I don't think that he is. No, but I if he was I, wanting to coach somewhere else, the recent actions don't bode well for that. Is is Mike Gundy a Hall of Famer? Like a college football Hall of Famer? Yeah. By the criteria, yes, he is. Okay. So and, and and I think like he won a conference championship at Oklahoma State. The wins, the consistency he br- he brought there, like uh, like for some people that say what Mike Gundy a Hall of Famer, go, go look in, at some of the other coaches that are in the College Football Hall of Fame. He 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 deserves to be there. Right, and that's the you know that's the thought is when you look at the product he's putting on the field now, which is all he's the head coach. He's been the head coach for a long time. That is his program. That is his mess that he has made up there in Stillwater. You can't blame NIL. Don't blame the portal. Everybody plays by the same rules. So that is your mess that you've made. You, Tyler, you could retire. Get that. I mean, like Gary Patterson. Has, well, Gary Patterson, I believe, feels this way based on talking to somebody close to him. Bob Stoops felt this way about, hey, retire a little bit earlier. And and don't be 95 whenever you get inducted to the Hall of Fame. You know, like. If you're a Hall of Fame coach, like, get that timeline started now. If I'm Mike Gundy, I might throw my hands up and say, well, I don't believe where the sport is going with NIL and the portal. I'm going to go ahead and retire. And then Tyler, he, he'll go into the Hall of Fame when he goes into the Hall of Fame, and he, he can retire as the most successful coach in Oklahoma State history. Uh, before we hit a break, I'll let you answer your own question. I'll just give you, like, a handful of coaches here who are in the College Football Hall of Fame, Okay. Uh, Barry Alvarez, who, of course, was at Wisconsin, right? Uh, You have Mike Bellotti, who was at Oregon for a while. You Mm -hmm. have, let's see, Lloyd Carr. That's not a great uh, coach to put him in. Fisher DeBerry, who was at Air Force for a long time. Dan Devine, who was at Notre Dame. Bobby Dodd at Georgia Tech. I'm just picking out some uh, different coaches here. Pat Dye at Auburn. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, like some of these other – uh, some of these, and there's better examples probably down. There. John Cooper, who what essentially got fired for never beating Michigan, rights, is, <laughs> is on that list. So that's kind of my point. And, and he's done a real, he's the most successful coach in OSU history. Yeah, he'll 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 be there one day, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean that's if if you're that fed up with the if you want to be South Alabama that bad and you're jealous of not having to deal with NIL, guess what, buddy? It ain't going anywhere. It ain't going anywhere. So, hey, retire. Let somebody else who – the fans deserve somebody that is fighting every day to put the absolute best program possible out there on Saturday. 405. That, that fan base deserves it. 651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Who's wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and wide receiver three for OU right now? Well, we'll have our best guess. Coming up next right here on The Ref, we're the homeless Sooner fans. The word is spreading, and the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. GMC continues its commitment to professional grade and continue to serve the community by giving back to local schools, charitable organizations, and first responders. 
We provide pre-planning for funerals and cremation services at the most reasonable prices. We are proud to be a family-owned and operated funeral home. Award-winning funeral home year after year, our family believes in serving the people of our community. I'm John Ireland. And I'm Solon Daniels. You You got got our our word on it. You, you don't look at that, to me, you don't look at the jersey and say, oh, you know, it's a team like Oklahoma, you know, with tons of history and all this and that. Yeah, you know, we respect them, um, but we still want to go out and, and win, and we still want to go out and play our best football. Um, you know, as, and, that, and that's how you approach it. You know, you approach it with your training, um, how, how good can we or prepare this week to go out and play great. And, and then you go out on the field, then we expect our guys to make plays. We expect them to do the things that, that they've, they've been showing they've done in practice. So, um, you know, we got to go out there and play our best ball and, and hope we can go out and get a win. Scott Satterfield, head coach of Cincinnati, OU still listed as a 14.5-point favorite over the Bearcats. That'll be 11 a.m. on Fox at Nippert Stadium. And a reminder, if you are heading up to Cincinnati, uh, go join Travis on the postgame show at Martino's on Vine, just a couple of blocks away from the stadium. Martino's on Vine, that's where all the OU fans are going to be hanging out before and after the OU Cincinnati game. Okay, tell me what you think about this, and uh, we'll get text line submissions as well. Wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and wide receiver three in order. Wide receiver one, I say Andrew Anthony. Wide receiver two, I, 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 and I almost put this guy at wide receiver one for the way that he's played the past two weeks. Wide receiver two is Jaleel Farouk. Really like what he started to show in the open field. Wide receiver three, he's Mr. Consistent. You know what you're going to get. He blocks well. Uh, he runs routes well. He's extremely tough. Wide receiver three for me is Drake Stoops. Where is that utterly uh, and completely wrong? Well, you got number one right. You know I wanted to put Nick Anderson in the top uh, three. I know. I, know, I, I, know. I this, really hey, did want to. This is through just three weeks. I mean, we, we reserve the right. When new information becomes available, we reserve the right to change our wide receiver one, two, and three. That's totally fair. Uh, for right now, definitely Andrew Anthony. Uh, he's tied for the team lead in receptions um, with Drake Stoops. Yep, and that's where you—that's uh, where you screwed up a little bit. You got the right three. You got him in the wrong order. Oh, okay. I think Drake Stoops is wide receiver two. Um, he is tied for the team lead in receiving touchdowns there with Nick Anderson, um, where 60% of Nick's An- Nick Anderson's touchdowns or catches have gone for touchdowns, including three for three at Tulsa. But with Stoops, man, it's when they see something they like, they go over and over to him. Something that I'm looking at actually is if you count the times that Drake Stoops has a catch and they go back to him within two plays, it seems like all the time. Yeah. I mean, I said it. It's like they have a I corner said, that they know that they can block and they can't get right. off the block and he's one-on-one and Drake can beat him. Yes, 100%. Like, Drake's the guy that forces like like forces either like a timeout or some, a personnel change or something because, and I know it sounds funny, but just watch, I mean, peop, watch the game this weekend and watch when Drake gets thrown to how quickly they go back to him because they like something they see and they trust him to go exploit that. I mean, you saw it against Tulsa. I mean, I he literally caught a pass, and I said to the guy sitting next to me, um, Eugene Queener uh, out there sitting next to me, he said, look, they're going to go back to Stoops. And they did, coming back the other way, is because he's 
fast. He's tough. He can make the tough catches in the tight windows. Dylan can get it to him in the tight windows. And when he's going back and forth across the, across that formation, you've got to run with him. And that dude can yeah. run for miles. And, and, he, days. and he's dependable too, man. He's just he, yeah. he he's not he he's just not going to make a critical mistake. He's or, or at least not a lot of them, right? And he hasn't made very right. many. He's had the one drop this year, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's just Mister Dependable Man, and I, I I'd like the number as to how many of his fourteen catches have been right around the line of scrimmage, because what you're talking about is what happens a lot. You know, is let's just throw a little screen pass out to him. Whoever we have out there at wide receiver is going to block his guy, and it's basically a one-on-one for Drake Stoops to make a big play or a touchdown. More times than not, he, he, he breaks that tackle, finds a way to score. Yeah, and that leaves me with number three, right? I mean, Jaquais, or, uh, sorry, Jaleel Farouk makes sense to be in your top three wide receivers, right? But I feel like... I feel like it's almost like the way we talk about Xavier Robinson, right? Everybody's like, he's a running back. And we're like, no, he's so much more. He can do so much more. And everybody's like, don't insult him like that. He can play running back. It's like, we're not saying that he can't. We're saying that he's big enough and strong enough and fast enough to do more than just carry the ball. He can catch the ball. He can block. He can do all kinds of stuff. I kind of feel like that with Jaleel Farouk, Tyler. I feel like hand him the ball like let him, you know, be the return guy, right, with the big kickoff return. Unfortunately, fumbled it, but let him do that. Obviously, you know, they, they, they like to get the ball in his hands any way they can because he's a playmaker. But, man, I really liked what I saw from Nick Anderson. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's wild, but I want to do it while recognizing how special Jaleel Farouk is. I think is. Farouk is their best uh, wide receiver in the open field, or their best wide receiver after the catch. I think he's the toughest to bring down, if that's fair, because I think where – Others might have, and he did put on some slick moves, no doubt. But there are guys that have, you know, some some quick feet, you know, some surgical-type moves. But that guy is so strong. He's constantly, constantly carrying dudes, breaking tackles. We even saw it. He was one of the lone bright spots against Texas. And I'll tell you what, Nick Anderson's kind of that same mold, though, too. I mean, that catch that he had that Jack Snarl put in the bread basket, he had somebody touching him at the 12-yard line. He had somebody wrapped around him by the 8-yard line, and he still drug him into the end zone. And on another one of his touchdowns, he I think it was his first touchdown, he had a guy that was directly in front of him, like two yards in front of him, and he was squared up with him, and it didn't matter. Nick Anderson was able to stiff-arm him, get to the edge, and get home. So... Just we, we've we've got some good options and we're in a better place than we thought. I think at least definitely, I'm, definitely. I'm be- better than we thought. Yeah. through three weeks than yeah. we were preseason. We have the same three, but I'm I'm guessing we can probably both agree that if uh, Nick Anderson has a similar game at Cincinnati as he had at Tulsa, then well he he just he might be in the top three next week. He might be. Sky's the limit for that kid. Uh, okay, let's see. Sorks Vodka says. I think Stoops is the leader of that room. He doesn't have the most talent, but he never messes up, like, ever. Give me Farouk, two, because he's the most dangerous with the ball. Give me Anderson, three, because he's the most talented wide receiver in the room, right above Petaway. I think Anthony is the 3B. He's insane on the deep ball, but not the type of guy to put a linebacker on his butt, and he's not dangerous after the catch thus far. Cherokee Sooner says Andrell Anthony, one if the rest of this text will load. Andrew Anthony, one. Drake Stoops, two. Jalil Farouk is at three. Uh, 918, Anthony and Farouk, one and 1A. Stoops is three. 
214 says Anderson 1, Farouk 2, Stoops 3. Brooks says Stoops, Anthony, and Farouk. So everyone's pretty confident on the top four. You know, like not, not everyone has the same order, but Nick Anderson, at the very least, has elevated himself to one of the four best receivers on this team. Well, <laughs> it'll be interesting be, because what do you think, Tyler, do, like as we sit here on Wednesday 20th, or Wednesday the 20th, uh, and like at the end of the year, if you just had to guess right now, who are your top three? You don't even have to put them in order. Who would who would be the three starting receivers against TCU? Um, well, I, I think Drake Stoops is going to be a starter because of the position. You know, just Drake right. Stoops is going to yeah, be a starter yeah. for the rest of the year, right? Um, right. I, and I think, man, I actually think that the starters are probably going to look the same. Now, if you ask me who the three leading receivers are, that might be a different answer. But I, I think, like, with Farouk being maybe your best playmaker, he's going to start. Anthony's your deep ball guy. He's going to start. And they're not taking Drake Stoops out of the starting lineup. So I, that would still be my three for the TCU game. I think it's it's going to be really interesting to see if, if Nick Anderson or Jaden Gibson can can crack the lineup. Because I know, I know we're talking about Nick Anderson. Looks incredible. Great story. He's averaging 37.6 yards a catch, which is truly insane. But – Another number that's truly insane is Jaden Gibson, man. Three catches, 29.3 yards. He's got that touchdown. And all three catches, Tyler, have been circus catches. He has had, I know, he man. hasn't had a catch this year yet where, where somebody is not literally touching him. Like, they talk about yards of separation that receivers get. And I think his problem might have been in the past that he was too wide open. Like, let this guy have somebody draped all over him, and he's going to come down with the ball. He's he's pulling it down on guys' heads. And I think that's what is most fascinating to me is when you line up, eventually Jaden Gibson, like in a red zone, is going to get a jump ball. Like, like I thought we were going to see it against Tulsa, and we never did. But I think Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson are going to be just too talented and, and too just, I mean, unguardable, really down the stretch to keep off the field. Well, that's the that's thing about how great he was on Saturday is Nick Anderson, after one big game, he is second on the team in receiving yards. He is tied for the team lead in receiving touchdowns. He's second on the team in yards per game. So for the crowd out there that, what are you guys talking about? Nick Anderson is at least a top three receiver right now, if not ranked higher. Well, by the stat sheet, that's, that actually proves out to be true. He doesn't have as many catches. He's got nine less catches than Andrew Anthony, three less than Jaleel Farouk, nine less than Drake Stoops, um, five less than Jacquez Petaway, but he's still second on the team in a lot of major categories. So he's – I mean, he's he's got a chance to be your leading wide receiver this year. And if last Saturday was a sign of what's to come – he will be your leading wide receiver by the end of the year. Like, I, I don't think that that's, that's over by any stretch. Yeah, and he's, you know, there are certain guys that get kind of their favorite targets, right? And, I, like, with Caleb, Mario and him always had, you know, that, that, that kind of vibe that you felt, right? Like, oh, he really likes throwing to him. Like, I, I think a lot of this, Tyler, is who does Jackson Arnold see as kind of his go-to in the future? Because well, he, he really liked throwing liked... that deep ball to Nick Anderson on <laughs> yeah, Saturday. Yeah, he did. Know? That's the thing. A lot of these guys, they typically match up with somebody that's in their class. And I think 
Petaway obviously will be a massive part of the offense once Jackson Arnold is at the helm. He might still be this year. But, like, with with that, it's usually somebody in your class because you go on recruiting visits with them, you work out with them, you say, hey, can't wait to do this while we're here. But it seems like because, like, Nick Anderson is a redshirt freshman, like, I think I think the, you know, kind of the – the timing difference might be nullified a bit. And I think Jackson Arnold might have found his dude for the SEC. Maybe. Um, but th- there hasn't been an overall position group that I've changed my mind on in a more positive way. Because I-, I was legit concerned about wide receiver going into the year. I'm not concerned right now about wide receiver. Um, I think wide receiver's good, and I think it's got a chance to be really good by the end of the year. So, in, in a good spot with him. We know Emmett Jones can recruit, but... If this continues, Emmett Jones is going to look like a hell of a developer as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it, there's no mis- there's no coincidence, right, Tyler? We talked about this uh, even after week one. It was like our receivers are getting separation. They're catching the ball. They look crisp. You know, I think, you know, Emmett can recruit. It's clear he can coach too. I mean, look no farther than Jaden Gibson. Jaden Gibson couldn't catch a cold last year. And this year, he's got more highlight reel catches than most teams do as a whole, and he's only caught three balls. So it's like, yeah, I think, and there's a reason people are able to, or Emma Jones is able to recruit like that, is because this is what he does. He makes wide receivers better. And it's weird, Tyler, because like you said, we were questioning it on the way into the season. Now you and I are saying we have so many good wide receivers. Like, we can go down a list of five or six of them that we think could be starters on this team. It actually kind of feels like a strength of the offense up to this point, does it not? Like the quarterback Absolutely. is the overall strength, but where the running backs and the offensive line are right now, it feels like wide receivers strength of this offense up to this point. Hey, what's going on at Core Society there in Bixby other than a top 75 player nationally announcing in about an hour? Sorry, come again? What's going on at Core Society there in Bixby? Man, we got uh, we got some folks working out. I'm trying not to yell too loud here. So, uh, uh, but got some folks working out. Got some people playing basketball, doing some training in basketball on one of their two NBA quality uh, uh, basketball uh, uh, gyms they've got here. Again, they've got the advanced orthopedics. Uh, they've got the R3 stretch. They've got the sports performance programs. They've got the HD golf simulator that excited the recruiting doomer a little bit earlier. Um, and again, they're running that membership special right now where it's usually $119 a month. Right now it's $75 a month, uh, just, just today, just uh, as part of this remote. So, uh, get in touch with them and, and tell them that you heard about it on KREF. And this isn't one of those year long contracts, six month contracts, any of that crap. This is month to month. You don't have to be, you know, logged, you know, you don't have to be locked into this big contract. And it's, it's not a pain to cancel. If it's something that's not working for you, you can cancel without being harassed or hounded or, or you don't have to give up your firstborn in order to quit your gym membership. So good people out here. Um, you, you can come join out here and see if you can outlift Danny Okoye. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I doubt that you can. But you can show up there to Core Society and, and try. 405-651-3439. More text and OU football on the side right here on The Ref. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. Mike Steely here for Cabins Group. Do you need help with fire, water, or mold remediation? 
Cavens is a local company that's been in business for over 15 years in the Oklahoma City area. Because they know you can't predict emergencies, Cavens is available 24 hours a day to help with emergency services. Prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. My son Ian was diagnosed with a brain tumor at the age of 16 months. We had no hope until St. Jude rescued us. He's alive because of what St. Jude has done. He's here because of the doctors who came before, their blood, their sweat, their tears, the knowledge accumulated and shared you know, with everyone else around the world. This is how we help kids beat cancer all over. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. Listen to this quote by Trent Dilfer, who once played in a Super Bowl and is now the head coach of UAB, and they will be traveling to Athens, Georgia to take on the dogs this weekend. And Trent, you played in a lot of big-time atmospheres like Athens. Um, how do you... I've never played anything like this. I've been oh. to one SEC game. My daughter's being recruited at the University of Alabama, and we went to the Ole Miss-Alabama game. And to this day, I think the Kentucky Derby is the coolest thing I've ever been able to go to, live sports. Uh, I think it's it's better than Super Bowls. An SEC football game at night is way better atmosphere than a Super Bowl. Uh, I think it's the second coolest thing I've ever been to. As a as a spectator, so I'm personally really excited about going and and going to an SEC game at night. It's different. I mean, their their slogan is just means more. It's different. It's true. You heard it from Trent Dilfer. An SEC night game is a better atmosphere. It's a cooler experience in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I don't think the Super Bowl is probably a very good atmosphere. <laughs> it's corporate corporate atmosphere. Is I mean, what it it's is. yeah, exactly. It's it's exactly it's it's like. It's like if Jerry Jones picked a atmosphere that he liked. It's oh, a bunch God. of people Plastic. that are yes. doing business with $10,000 tickets. And, no, like, that's honestly why I like the Cotton Bowl so much is because there there aren't – there's not none of that. Everybody has to sit and sweat on those metal bleachers. And I don't want to do it every game, that's for sure. But it's – the Super Bowl is stale. It's It's, it's too comfortable. It's too comfortable, yeah, man, corporate. and the everyday fan can't go to it. And that's right. why I, I don't think the – unless the Cotton Bowl just falls down one day, which I maybe at some point that happens. Yeah, but it's uh, – OU and Texas would lose a lot with that rivalry if it's not played in the Cotton Bowl and it's played over at Jerry World because, like you said, like everyone's equal in that stadium. There's not even any suites there. Can't sit in the suites, man. No sweets available. Everyone's got to melt in the sun. Yeah, it's – Tyler, I'm not sure, and, and this would have to be a an actual exercise that you and I kind of sit down and do, but I'm not sure where the Super Bowl would rank in a lot of, like, even, like, just regular pro environments, right? Like, college, significant amount. There's probably 30 atmospheres, 40, 50 atmospheres better in college than the Super Bowl. And then probably a good chunk of NFL. I think some Union Jinx games that I went to, mm. you know, were probably a better atmosphere than the Super Bowl. Like, we'd have to see how far down that list it would actually be. 
Seeing your team play in a Super Bowl would be awesome, but are you going to be bragging about the atmosphere after? Probably not. And, and honestly, no. man, in in terms of like major sports in America, the Super Bowl probably has the worst atmosphere um, of any like champ. Like, playoff hockey at Stanley Cup would be amazing. Going to a World Series game, incredible. I've been able to go to two national championship games. Great atmosphere there. Like name a sport. And that championship series or championship game is hell, look at the women's college world series, man, and the atmosphere at that. Again, going yeah. to a, I, I wouldn't turn down an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, but unless my team is playing and unless it was just an epic game that goes down to the end, it's gonna feel very yeah, it's gonna feel very corporate and plastic. Well, and I'm gonna be thinking the whole time about how I spent ten thousand dollars on a ticket to get there. Yeah, that's tough. I mean too. it I mean Super Bowl, the average, I just looked it up. The average get-in price of the Super Bowl for 2023 is $8,837. Mm. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I mean, you could, for the amount of money that you would spend for, like, two people to go, you could throw, like, the biggest, baddest party about, like, you know, like, obviously I'm a Vikings fan. If the Vikings make the Super Bowl, I might just rent a spot out and make it a ma- you know what I mean like oh, yeah. something like that you could do so much more than I mean I might I mean for for that I might get a custom uh, a custom Vikings Harley or something like that you know what I mean like seeing seeing that I mean you're not even talking about travel to get there you're talking about hotels Tyler staying in a hotel in a city hosting the Super Bowl could you imagine yeah good luck especially if it's Ugh. like Miami I mean, or anywhere like that you're like twenty thousand dollars a person in. I mean, before you even try and buy a $30 beer. I mean, are you kidding me? 918, if Oklahoma beats Texas twice, do you think Oklahoma will be a top-four team? Yes and yes. No no, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the questions become, if you lose to Texas and then Texas drops a couple and you play like a team like Kansas State or something in the Big 12 Championship and you win, does that get you there? And I still think that's a yes. I, I mean, I could do percentages on it for you guys if you'd like. Um, I'm on the ESPN page right now. It says oh. OU, as it stands, has a 51% chance to make the playoff as a 3-0 team. So we'll say wins out. They win their conference title game. Um, according to ESPN, OU has a 99% chance to make the playoff if, if they win out. A one loss. I mean, let's do one loss OU here. Yeah, back it down. Does it allow you to say who they lose to? Well, it gives me three options. Cincinnati, Texas, or UCF. They're three toughest games by the percentages. Good. So we'll do lose to Texas, and we'll say yes. Uh, So a one-loss OU that's a conference champ, 84% chance to make the playoff. Hmm. If OU wins the conference and they're a one-loss team, it's it's been the case every single year since we started this thing, OU will be in the playoff. I adamantly believe that. Yeah, I mean, the OU brand, and that's why I got so annoyed with everybody that was rooting for Texas against Alabama. Like, the OU brand takes care of itself. Our hand doesn't need to be held by anybody. Like, you can be, you could play Jinx's schedule and probably still make the playoff. Yeah, um, that win over Union does go a long way, man. Well, that win over Union may be a little bit more impressive than a few of the wins OU has this <laughs> has this year. Uh, uh, just kidding. All right, just kidding. 405-651-3439.
We'll close it up next, talking about Danny Okoye's decision on the other side. Keep it locked in the ref. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is the ref. Victory Family Church. It's more than just a church. It's truly a family. And as it continues to grow, you can now celebrate with six opportunities every Sunday morning, starting as early as 8.30 a.m. and the final service at 3 p.m. Learn more about service times and everything going on with Pastor Adam and the church at victoryfamily.church. That's victoryfamily.church. Check out our campuses in Newcastle, Chickasha, and Shawnee. Victory Family Church, online at victoryfamily.church. Introducing the next generation at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. And we're talking Sierras. 2023 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab SLT 5.3. Take up to $72.50 off MSRP when you trade in your 2009 GM car, truck, or SUV for qualified buyers. Be part of the new and head to Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC, I-40 and Highway 81, exit 125 in El Reno. Or Dorsey-JonesBuickGMC.com. GMC, we are professional grade. See dealer for details. Reliable, fast, affordable. OEC Fiber was founded on the same principles that brought us OEC 85 years ago. We are reinvesting in Oklahoma by bringing high-speed fiber services to your homes, businesses, and schools. Make sure to visit us today at OECFiber.com to get started. OEC Fiber. We're taking internet, phone, and TV services where no one else will. Hi, this is Money Markham with Markham's Nursery. Fall is the perfect time of year to landscape your home or business with beautiful trees of all sizes. And during our annual fall tree sale from September the 22nd through the 25th, there's no better time to save on those trees. So don't miss our tree sale this Friday through Monday at any of our four convenient locations. Goldsby, South Oklahoma City, Norman, and Ardmore. Markham's Nursery, just add the sun. Hey guys, TJ here for my friends at Joe's Wines and Spirits. Football season is back, and when you need a great selection of your favorite beer, wine, or liquor, do what I do. Go see Kathy and her staff at Joe's. They have tons of specials, like this month on Jack Daniels, Malibu Rum Cocktails, Relax Riesling, and more. Joe's is open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., and noon to 5 on Sundays. 1330 East Alameda, right here in Norman, or visit Joe's Wines on Facebook for all their monthly specials. Are you or a loved one facing criminal charges in Oklahoma? Don't face it alone. Call Carter Jennings, the dedicated defender of your rights. With a focus on criminal law throughout his career, Carter is a skilled attorney based in Oklahoma City, but he's there for you wherever you are, even in tribal courts. Why choose Carter? Because results matter. His track record speaks for itself with countless cases won and charges reduced. Don't wait. Call Carter today for a free no-obligation consultation. Call 405-659-7221 or visit carterjenningslaw.com. What do you do when the unexpected happens? Who do you turn to? Primrose Funeral Service in Norman will be by your side to help manage the many details surrounding your loved one's final arrangement. A funeral represents an opportunity for family and friends to reflect on the life of their loved one and to honor the memory of their life. Our compassionate staff has been providing the highest quality care for over 80 years. Please contact Primrose Funeral Service at 405-321-6000 or visit us online at primrosefuneralservice.com. Dreaming of your own backyard oasis? Be the envy of your neighborhood and let Signature Custom Pools help you create the perfect poolside paradise. Their professional design expertise can transport you into your own mystic falls, suburban sanctuary, or Mediterranean retreat. Settle into an endless vacation 
Entertain your family, friends, and get the signature touch with Signature Custom Pools. Call them for a free consultation at 405-898-9098 or visit them online at SignatureCustomPools.com today. Texting, talking on your phone, or listening to music near train crossings or on platforms are big distractions. You need to see and hear the train coming. After you're on the train, those things are fine. So remember, simple things like taking your headphones out and taking your hood off could save your life. What's better than tailgating for football on the weekends? Let Chick-fil-A 12th Avenue in Norman make your tailgate a winner. Whatever you need, we have it all. Don't worry about packing everything from home. Let us deliver to you. Not only do we cater for football games, name the event and it will be our pleasure to serve you. Need pre- or post-game meals? Having a birthday party? Monday through Saturday, we've got you covered. And even trays prep for those Sundays when you crave Chick-fil-A. Call Chick-fil-A 12th Avenue Northeast at 405-310-3189 today. Final segment of the day, Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, wrapping it up on this Wednesday. Appreciate Core Society for having Travis out today. Check them out in Bixby. And go see Travis Saturday after the game at Martino's on Vine in Cincinnati if you're heading up to the uh, football game this weekend. Well, here we are. Been talking about Danny Okoye a lot for the past month. It's decision time for him. Very excited that he has this opportunity tonight. He's got the spotlight. It's OU, it's Texas, it's Tennessee. I uh, boy, I'd be very surprised if it's not OU coming up in about thirty minutes. I would be, I would be shocked. Significant, I mean, just absolutely floored. But hey, you know, crazier things have happened, haven't they, Tyler? I'm trying to. Th- well, I guess last year a pretty crazy thing happened. Um, yeah, crazy things have happened in the nine one. Um, who, who, who's the? Who does everyone think of when they think of crazy? Things that have happened in recruiting from the uh, Tulsa area. Robert Meacham, right? I would, I would imagine Meacham would be the one. When he yeah. says like ninety nine percent OU, ends up yeah. going to Tennessee instead. That would that, that would likely be the one. I but just, yeah, I, I think this would even prob. This might be above that at this point. Uh, one minute ago, an Alabama beat writer just put in a a, uh, a forecast or a crystal ball for him, just in case. We were on pins and needles now that we've got... Oh, it looks, the, sounds like someone's trying to run up their percentage numbers yeah, is what somebody's, it sounds like. You know? somebody's, sta- somebody's padding their stats. Somebody, Russell uh, Westbrook out there in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, somebody uh, trying to get in before the buzzer. I, hey, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Uh, you know, you had people during the Winnery recruitment saying, should we believe this guy? I don't know. What's his percentages? What's his percentages? Well, hey, you know, given the opportunity... Go ahead and log one in, no doubt. If Danny Okoye picks someone other than OU, it'll be the most incredible job I think I've ever seen in recruiting of throwing people off the trail, um, not going to a Texas visit <laughs> like a few days before, and hopping on the home of Sooner fans on their postgame show for multiple segments instead. Yeah, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be stunned. I'd be shocked. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it would at that point have to be Tennessee. I mean, I guess, I, and it's not. I mean, I, I, I don't think so. Um, I think he's, I think he wants to uh, see what Chavis can do with him, and uh, I think he watches PJ Atabare and says, 
that's what I want to do. Hey, hey, real quick before we get out of here. Um, yeah. Okoye, obviously a Tulsa kid. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, because we had this conversation around a year ago, is OU doing a better job in the Tulsa area than maybe they had the previous two to three years? Um, Getting a Koye today would go a long way in, you know, making that look better. But yeah, I is mean, it too soon to, to say that. If you get if you get Devon Jordan too, um, I think so. I mean, I would have loved to have Micah Tease, uh in that class. Obviously, I just don't think things are obviously going very well for him down in College Station right now. But would have loved to have him. Uh, obviously, you Gentry and Jaden uh, and Robert Spears Jennings. You could look at that and be like, man, those are three blue chip defenders from the 918 but yeah getting the getting the top guy in the state from Tulsa yeah that that feels good it's you, if we get him if we get him it, you're you're improving if nothing else right you're yes. you're improving i mean again once uh, you're not getting worse at least that's the you're case. not getting worse well, once in the past 5 years have you got the number 1 player in the state according to rivals and i think all those guys well by job not a Tulsa guy but what chris mcclellan Kendall daniels andrew rame dax hill all Tulsa area players, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Ne- need to improve, and it, it feels like they are, especially if Okoye picks OU in 30 minutes. Again, thanks yeah. to Core Society for having Travis out. Instagram Live is where you can find that announcement, and we'll have all that covered uh, at KREF Sports on uh, Twitter as well. That'll do it for us. You've been listening to the Homo Sooner fans. We're the ref. And all the doors and let you out into the Closing time Turn all of the lights on Over every boy and every girl Closing time You're listening to the home